Here is our next ACC Big 12 Big Monday doubleheader. Tonight, Duke visits number 23 Miami at 7 Eastern. Then number 8 Kansas hosts number 10 Texas. Both games right here on ESPN and the app. Meanwhile, on planet Earth, Kyle Kuzma showed up at the Wizards game in, uh, in Chris Canty's clothes. Look at this. Look at Canty. Uh, stop. Uh, ain't no way I'm you. walking out of the house or something like <laughs> that at all, man. You that on the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> just lay down on it and go to yeah, sleep. Yeah, it's like one of those little yeah, things you put around it. your neck yeah. and just lay back on the wow. chair. What is like that? that? You know what that is, Nico? That is the definition of doing too much. <laughs> Trying yeah, too hard. Is, do you blow that up or is that the jacket? Yeah, he looks like. Is that air? It looks like Ghostbusters. It looks like the black version of the State Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah. Like, it's not serving a lot of purpose either. That, that it, No, it's not serving anything, Legs, and that's <laughs> the point. Well, what about the one Kyle wore a couple weeks ago here with the shirtless and the ski mask? Like, it's a little different way to go. He's got some, uh, he's got some range. It's colorful. Yeah, no? I don't know about that one. That's a highly questionable fashion choice. And you got all of these sweaters on and the ski mask on, but no shirt on underneath? That Come looks on, like a very Kyle. nicely knitted sweater right there. <laughs> yeah. Someone, some nice lady just knitted that one together. Yeah. Something we, like that. You rock that. You look good. No, let me tell you what I ain't going to do. <laughs> that, Nico. <laughs> I think that's enough of that. That's a lot of knit. Welcome back to first, first Take. Why did I say welcome back to First Take? We're in Get Up. Coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. You guys saw that, right? It said First Take. Above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, we begin with the blockbuster trade in the NBA. According to Woj, Kyrie Irving is expected to take his physical today in Dallas, one day after the Nets traded him to the Mavericks, ending four tumultuous seasons in Brooklyn for the 30-year-old Irving. Here are the full details of the trade. The Mavericks get Irving and Markeith Morris. The Nets get Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, an unprotected 2029 first-round pick, and two second-round picks. That's the deal. It came together in a couple of days after Kyrie Irving uh, asked for the trade. Uh, what was it, like Friday, Thursday, Friday? It's hard to keep track, really, of all this yeah, stuff. It happened and, uh, quickly. I know that. It did happen quickly. And to tell us exactly how it happened, we have NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, take it away. How'd this come together? Yeah, Graz, both Brooklyn and Dallas were motivated uh, to move quickly, get that deal done once they really started to talk on Sunday. I think Dallas, uh, they might have liked to put a little less draft capital uh, in that trade, but they didn't want to lose Kyrie Irving. They didn't want a deal to end up elsewhere, uh, so they moved to get it done Sunday. They did that with Brooklyn, who now wants to take the assets from that trade, uh, both draft capital uh, and perhaps Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, and see what else is available out there in the marketplace to continue improving this roster uh, around Kevin Durant. But uh, the, the deal that, uh, as it stands now, you know, it satisf- satisfied the needs Brooklyn had uh, with a point guard in Dinwiddie and, and a really versatile, perhaps underrated player in Dorian uh, Finney-Smith, one of the best uh, perimeter defenders, multiple can defend multiple positions for you. Uh, the Nets certainly need that with all the great wing players in the East you're trying to get through in the postseason. But Brooklyn's not done. Uh, they've got three first-round picks between now and 2029, one from Philly, one from Dallas, one of their own, that they can put in trades. And so they're going to continue to be active uh, to try to keep you know, Kevin Durant tethered to this Brooklyn franchise, uh, at least through Thursday's trade deadline. Now, I want to get to Durant in a minute, but I, I did want to ask you uh, quickly about the Lakers, because going back to last offseason, 
And then even this past weekend, I think a lot of people on the outside were thinking the Lakers were the spot for Kyrie. Uh, LeBron James had a tweet last night saying maybe it's me, uh, kind of seemingly disappointed uh, that the Lakers couldn't get it done. How involved were they in this deal? Uh, I think especially Friday and Saturday, Graz, the Lakers were uh, engaged with the Nets. Uh, Their two first-round picks were in play. The harder part for Brooklyn and L.A. to get to a deal was that it didn't get the Nets uh, in a a two-way deal with each other. Uh, The players to plug in right now to that Nets lineup, they would have needed perhaps a third, even a fourth team to move pieces around uh, to essentially get the kind of uh, positional fit they got with Dinwiddie and Finney Smith. So the Lakers, they head back into the marketplace between now and Thursday to see if they can improve this roster. Probably uh, targeting players, I think, le- as uh, less high profile uh, than Kyrie Irving. I don't know that there's another talent like him available out in the marketplace. There's not, but uh, there's a reason he was available, right? right. I mean, what did you make of this deal from Dallas? I, I was surprised right. Dallas would, get, would bite on this. I, I really am. And I understand, like, it's almost like a panic move. You, you have Luka Doncic. You're basically a 500 team to this point in the season. You went to the conference finals a year ago. You don't think you've got enough talent around Luka, particularly when he's off the floor and some of these runs the teams go on. So you address that. You bring in additional offense. You have another star. You have a guy now that could be the alpha when Luka's off the floor. All that makes sense. But there's a lot of other things they're going to struggle with. I think, you know, first of all, just watching these two guys play together fascinates me because this is even completely different than when Kyrie played with LeBron James, who dominated the ball a lot. But LeBron would give the ball up a lot earlier. There was a lot more opportunity early in the clock for Kyrie to operate. Luka Doncic controls the ball more than any player in the league, and he dribbles the ball a ton. So I want to see how they play together offensively, and there's no question they're going to be worse defensively. So I don't necessarily think this puts Dallas into another stratosphere in the Western Conference. I think this is probably a team that's going to lose in the first round of the playoffs regardless, and you've always got to deal with the restlessness of Kyrie Irving going forward. That was my big question. Woj, I wanted to ask you. Like, he wanted out of Brooklyn because they didn't want to give him a contract. Is Dallas going to give him a contract? Well, he's got a window of regular season games in the postseason, as Leg said, uh, to show that this can be a fit, uh, that he can play with Luka Doncic, that he can be available. But if you're going to sign Kyrie Irving to a deal, the longer deal you sign him to, Uh, the less ability you're going to have to move on from him and get back something, uh, even a representative of what you just gave Brooklyn. So, listen, it's on Kyrie Irving and the Mavericks now to make this work. You know, they traded for him with the idea that they would sign him to a longer deal. Now, how long that is, uh, how much uh, guaranteed money is in that contract remains to be seen, but uh, this is a window now for Irving to make his case again uh, to get the kind of, of financial commitment that Brooklyn was not willing uh, to give him, at least not before uh, this trade deadline. And I, I do want to get back to, you mentioned Durant. We're waiting to hear his reaction from the trade. As Nick Friedle told us, I think you know he's probably involved in the discussions or at least aware of what's going on. Uh, where do you think things go with him and the Brooklyn Nets from here? Hey, Graz, it's on the Nets right now to make the case to Kevin Durant that that they're putting a team around him that can compete at the highest level. Um, and so 
Um, that's what they're going to continue to do between now and, and certainly Thursday's trade deadline. I think he's made aware uh, when there's going to be a deal or who they might be pursuing. Uh, but ultimately, it is on Brooklyn now uh, to keep reshaping this roster. Again, they've got three future first-round picks uh, and, and some tradable assets here uh, to see if they can uh, you know, continue to improve this roster, bring in some more size, and, and who knows, maybe uh, uh, even at that point guard position, keep looking around, uh, seeing what else might be available. But for now, Spencer Dinwiddie's their point guard. Are there moves the Nets can make in the next couple days that would change your opinion? I don't think so, and I think the problem they're going to have now is, look, it's, it's this constant moving parts and reinventing who you are as an organization. They're doing it again here on the fly, and you've got three teams in the Eastern Conference that are clearly better. So what does that spell for Brooklyn? You know, can you win a first-round series? Well, not if you play one of those teams. And if you can avoid them, you're not beating one of those teams in the second round as currently constructed. And also, by the way, the weaknesses of Ben Simmons are going to be even more exponentially exposed now that you don't have this additional scoring punch to hide him offensively. Now he's going to be out there, and Kevin Durant is really going to be looking at him and scratching his head and wondering why he plays the way he does offensively. So this is not good in the short term, certainly, for Brooklyn. I don't see a way that they contend. Mess of a situation in Brooklyn. Legs, Woj, thanks very much. We've got much more on this blockbuster trade of Kyrie to the Mavs. We're going to get a reaction from Stephen A. Smith when he joins us live at 9.30 Eastern. But in the meantime, to the NFL we go because it is Super Bowl week and the Chiefs and the Eagles arrived in Arizona yesterday to begin the week of events heading into Sunday's Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Chiefs, perhaps you've heard of him. He was asked about carrying his team to the big game in the year after they got rid of Tyreek Hill. I understand how much talent I had around me my first few years and how how much it was about me, but it was about the guys around me. And uh, I, I just relied on them to continue to to make plays happen. And I think this year it wasn't that I didn't have talent around me because um, I do have a lot of talent around me, and I understand that as well. Um, but I had to take a more leadership role um, and, and grow up a little bit. It's not about the one player. It's not about me. It's not about all, uh, even all the coaches. It's about the culture that we've built as a group. All right. So we discussed the Eagles in the last hour, but now we want to talk about the Chiefs. Rob Ninkovich, what is one big thing you're watching from the Chiefs end? It's got, it's got to be Patrick Mahomes and his ankles mobility. How does he look in and out of the pocket? Because last week when we saw him running around, there was one play where he had to roll to his left and mm. plant and turn and throw down the field, and it looked like it hurt a lot. So I, I really want to see, does this extra week of rehab and preparing give him the ability to just look like himself. And I know ankles are, are fickle, they're funny, they might linger. So depending on how he looks in the pocket and out of the pocket, you know, that, that's really going to dictate the Eagles' defense and how they can attack in pass rush. Mike T, what are you watching for? Uh, so I want to see Patrick Mahomes down four with about a minute 18 to go one time <laughs> out and have to go 80 yards against Woo, the great Philadelphia fun. defense that had 70 sacks this year. 70, led the league. And we've seen him be magical now. For all of his career, he is banked up, as Nico said. But can he just do it one more time without Tyreek Hill, without being 100% against a great defense? 
Again, 70 sacks by that Eagle defense. Can he lead the team down in a consequential moment? Chris yeah. Canty, what are you watching for? Well, I'm watching right. the other side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs, that defense. I get why all the focus is on Pat Mahomes, but that defense has got to deal with the Philadelphia Eagles offense as dynamic an offense as we've seen in the NFL. But specifically, can the Chiefs defense and Steve Spagnuolo, their defensive coordinator, stop the QB run game? They've given up the fifth most yards to opposing quarterbacks running the football in the NFL during the regular season. Now, this Chiefs defense is good against zone read, not great against quarterback scrambles, and that's in part because they play so much zone coverage. So that's one of the things that we're going to have to watch for with this Chiefs defense. They lost to the Buffalo Bills, an offense that presents similar challenges in terms of the uh, the quarterback being a runner, and they, they gave up two rushing touchdowns to Russell Wilson in the two games that they played, and they had two closely contested games against the Denver Broncos. So that's going to be something to watch. Mobile quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts being able to impact this game with his legs. They did stand up against uh, the Bengals there at the end in the, in, in the fourth quarter. They come up with a couple of good stops in the AFC Championship game, so they've shown that ability. Back to the other side of the ball, though. You're right. I mean, Mahomes. Like, we've talked about this ankle. You think that extra week is, is a difference maker for him? Yeah, I think it's a difference maker, and it's going to have to be because, like Mike Tannenbaum said, this is a really, really good pass rush. You're talking about a defense that has 74 sacks when you include the playoffs. 60 of them came against the, oh, 77. 60 of them came in a four-man rush. That's 77% of your sacks. So that defense is going to put pressure on Pat Mahomes. He's going to have to manipulate the pocket. He's going to have to have some second reaction plays where he buys time outside of the pocket, hanging in there, letting his receivers uncover downfield. So I think that ankle and his health are going to be huge in terms of their ability to be productive in the passing game. We heard him talk about this year and, and, and them moving on from Tyreek Hill and all the extra work that went into it from his end. Uh, that to me, to me, that already helps out his, his legacy. If he wins this championship, what does that do for the way we look at Patrick Mahomes? All-time great. And when you can win a championship without Tyreek Hill, it shows you not only how great he is, but how much he impacts others that, be it Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Juju Smith-Schuster yep. or Sky Moore, whoever it is, it's all about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And this elevates him into the next st- stratosphere. And he's not Tom Brady yet, but, boy, that trajectory is certainly well on its way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, when you look at what he did this year, like this was supposed to be their rebuilding year. There's yeah. rookies all over that roster. What do you say about what he's pulled off here? Well, I'm going to pump the brakes on all time yet. You know, I've yeah. got a few more to go here. But as far as being a guy that when you're on that roster, it brings everyone and makes them better. And it doesn't matter who your receivers are. You could lose a piece here, lose a piece there, but you still have this consistency. That's what really, when you, you put yourself at the – you know, the Manning level, mm. um, multiple Super Bowls, which we, you haven't seen um, in a while. You know, like the last time we've seen is Brady, like multiple times, AFC, AFC Championship, AFC Championship, Super Bowls. So if he can continue to do that, he's still super young. Yes. And the way that the rules are in place now, he's going to be able to play a lot longer. And we'll see how many times he gets here. You know, right. you know what's amazing? He's been in the league for five years. He's never played a road playoff game. Super Bowls are considered neutral site. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Mm. He's had been a a home team in the AFC Championship game every single year he's been the starter. So, yes, maybe not yet all-time great, but yeah. on that kind of trajectory. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. They make a big move to try and help Dak Prescott. Will it actually work? We have some people here who think it will. We have some that think it won't, and they will debate that when we come back. And what does Stephen A. 
think about the blockbuster Kyrie Irving trade and what it means for Kevin Durant. Stephen A. Smith will join us live to answer those questions here on Get Up. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. It is time now to play Kenny or Canty. Chris Canty, can Justin Fields lead the Bears to the playoffs next season? Yes, Justin Fields can. He can do it. Think about this. The guy improved in completion percentage, passing yards, and he has an 1,100-yard rusher. Now, this team is armed with $100 million in cap space and the number one overall pick. They need to go shopping and get him a true number one receiver and improve on the defensive side of the ball. But Justin Fields can get him to the postseason. Can Daniel Jones lead the Giants to the NFC East title next season? He can't, and that's with the capital T, and it hurts my heart to say this, Graziano, but there's a sizable gap where the Giants are talent-wise in comparison to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys, and it's hard to be sold on Daniel Jones when you're going to have to pay him in the ballpark of $30 million a year, and he had 15 passing touchdowns in 16 regular season starts. Yeah, if he would take 30 a year, I bet they'd do it right now. Anyway, let's talk about those Cowboys. Can Dak Prescott lead the Cowboys to the Super Bowl? He can, but everything around him has to be perfect. And what I mean by that is Will McClay, their senior scout, and their guy that runs their personnel, he's going to have to get Dak Prescott another playmaker on the edge. They really missed Amari Cooper, and they're going to have to make sure that they do some upgrades on the defensive side of the ball. Dak can get it done, but he's got to have everything around him be ideal in order to accomplish that. Speaking of what's around him, look at the moves they've made on their coaching staff. Parted ways last week with offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, who was promptly hired by the Chargers. On Saturday, they named Brian Schottenheimer their new offensive coordinator. Last week, uh, Jerry Jones made it clear that Mike McCarthy would be the play caller. Obviously, McCarthy the head coach. Uh, and a lot going on there as well. So a lot's going on around Dak Prescott. Um, is this? I mean, are they making Mike T the right moves 
uh, around him in terms of the coaching staff and, and what they're putting together. Absolutely. I would also add Mike Solari, who won a Super Bowl with the 49ers in the late 90s, a really good offensive line coach. But I think you can win a championship with Dak Prescott, as you mentioned, Chris. And if I was Dallas, I would take all these moves a step further. I would actually sign him to an extension. When I was looking at it last night, guys, in the last five years, there's been 56 quarterbacks that have been drafted over the last five-year period. Of those, there were eight that you could say were surefire hits, which is remarkable. Only 14% of those quarterbacks, and here they are. You could say you could go line up and win a game. Now, that's either due to production, that's due to injury, but those are the eight out of 56. With Dallas and Dak Prescott, you're sitting there. You just won a playoff game, albeit it was a weakened Tampa Bay team. Mm-hmm. But I would sign to an extension because this market is only going to skyrocket. And, Dan, something we've been talking about for months, 14 teams need a quarterback. So when you juxtapose that list with the needs out there, keep Dak, sign them, and then build around them. You agree? Yeah, I think you have to extend Dak Prescott if for no other reason you need to lower his cap hit. But I think you take a page out of what Howie Roseman did once upon a time with Carson Wentz. They signed him to a contract extension in 2019 and in the following offseason drafted Jalen Hurts with a premium pick. I think you have to block in certainty at the most important position in all of team sports, but you also look for an opportunity to upgrade down the road because if Dak Prescott doesn't get it done over the next couple of years with this core of players – you're talking about this franchise potentially having to push the reset button. Is this the guy they can win the Super Bowl with? I think if you put the right pieces around them yeah. and protect them, I think that they can, they can get it done. But talking about the, just the way that the market's moving right now, it, it's pretty wild to think that in just a short amount of time, if you are a slightly above average quarterback, you're looking at 40 to $50 yeah. million dollars a year. That's like, I, I coached my six-year-old flag football team. You know, you wanted to be a linebacker. I said, no, 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 no. You're going to play quarterback because by the time you're in college, you know, it's going to be $100 million a year for an average quarterback. And look, I was at the Senior Bowl last week, guys, for ESPN, and there's no answers down there. And I was sitting there thinking, like, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson, they're making a ton of money. There's a couple guys in draft, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, maybe Will Levis. But if there's 14 teams that need a quarterback, Nico, that's why $40 million is yeah. really for a good, not great quarterback. But we, wow. we talk. Everybody keeps saying this, they have to put the right kind of group around him. If you're the Cowboys, like what's what's your priority this offseason in terms of putting together an offense that Dak Prescott can win with? Well, my priority, Graz, would have been getting rid of the head coach because it's proven <laughs> they didn't do that. That Dak Prescott needs a coach that can be a difference maker, and Mike McCarthy has not shown the ability to be able to do that since he's been with the Dallas Cowboys over the last three seasons. So. With all of the upheaval on the staff, firing seven different assistants, and then revamping what the coaching staff looks like, I'm curious to understand or see how that looks. But it's hard for me to believe that it ends up putting Dak Prescott in a better position in terms of curbing some of the mistakes and being a more productive player. Mike McCarthy has to do better, but when you put his resume side-by-side by Sean Payton, they're exactly the same. Yeah, but here's the thing, though, Mike T. One guy set out of football for a couple of years, and it cost the Dallas Cowboys nothing to get him. There's another guy that set out of football for one year, and it cost the Denver Broncos three draft picks, including a first and a second, in order to get him. The NFL has shown us, told us, the difference between Sean Payton well, and Mike McCarthy. But their records are what their records are. And yeah. One guy got coached a year, one guy didn't. So there's a difference in terms of the coaching. There's I, levels to this. I, I, I if you're going to play that game, then say Andy Reid and Mike McCarthy ain't that different either. Because oh. the winning percentage ain't that Ooh. far off. Wait a minute. So let's not do that. I, I, 
Let's not do I, that. I need some more coffee Andy for Reed this just one. Had his team in a tenth <laughs> conference championship game and is going to a, a fourth Super Bowl. I think they are a little bit different. Let's go back to Dak Prescott and yeah. the Cowboys. What's the biggest thing they need to do this offensive line? Offensive yeah. line. If you look at just protecting the quarterback the last three years, they haven't been at the top of the league. They've been more towards the bottom. And that's health. They've lost some key pieces due to injury. Um, so, really, at the end of the day, if you can't protect your quarterback, you, you, that you're in bad shape. And you have to do it. We've seen it in the past. You know, Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl didn't have a great offensive line, and it showed. So, go and get some pieces. Sure up that offensive line. And it's going to help your quarterback. Quick final word, Mike T. Yeah, I look. Dak is the centerpiece of this team moving forward. Get him under as much cost certainty as you can. I agree. They lost a lot when they lost Amari Cooper. There are no receivers in free agency. You probably have to go draft a guy. And I do think if they can solidify those couple pieces, they can close the gap with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. More on this. Obviously, there's plenty to talk about with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys all offseason. But when we come back today on Get Up, we will discuss more about the big NBA trade, the end of an error in Brooklyn. Kyrie is gone. Will KD be next? Should he want out? We'll ask Stephen A. Smith when he joins us in studio next. Plus, is Aaron Rodgers willing to take a gamble on his future? And was he dropping hints about a reunion with one of his favorite targets this weekend? We'll discuss that later on on Get Up. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back on Get Up with the blockbuster trade from the weekend in the NBA. According to Woj, Kyrie Irving expected to take his physical today in Dallas one day after the Nets traded him to the Mavericks in a deal that ends four tumultuous seasons in Brooklyn for the now 30-year-old Kyrie Irving. Massive news out of the NBA this weekend. And who better to talk about it with than our Stephen A. Smith. What's up, what? my man? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm we good. got plenty to talk about this morning. Your yes, reaction sir. when you heard about the trade? Well, I first, listen, Kyrie got what he wanted. He wanted out of Brooklyn. Um, the reality of the situation is that the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving experiment in Brooklyn was an utter disaster. Uh, they didn't get it done. 
They've been there for three and a half years. They got one playoff series victory to show for it. And there's, there's, there's you know, none of them look good in that regard. Uh, but what I will tell you is this. Kyrie Irving is a superstar. Make no mistake about this. This brother can ball. Um, and him and Luka Doncic together can make some special things happen. I don't think anybody can deny that. There's still a question mark as to whether or not he's going to be all in. I don't think we have a reason to believe otherwise based on how he was playing up until he made his trade demand. So this is really not about Dallas. It's really about Brooklyn. And to me, the biggest issue that everybody is missing is what the whole Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant experiment as it pertains to player empowerment may have cost a lot of players in this league for future for, for, for future uh, days, weeks, and months to come because the Brooklyn Nets handed them the keys to the franchise, and this is what they have to show for it. So it is what it is. Um, it was time for him to go. Uh, he wanted out. Uh, he got out. And let's see right now whether or not he's going to do enough to get that four-year extension in excess of $200 million that he so desperately seeks. When you say the impact on player empowerment going for, you mean like it'll be, teams will be less likely to try and go down that Hell road? Hell yeah, absolutely. Why, why would you do that now? Why would you do when, when you see what transpired in Brooklyn, that was a message to owners and executives everywhere. You know, maintain control. Don't hand over the keys to the franchise to players because this is what it can end up being. Kyrie Irving missed more than 140 games in his tenure in Brooklyn. Listen, when he played, he's nothing short of spectacular. And I, I have two categories. There are superstar players and then there are superstars. Tim Duncan was a superstar. He's a guy that went out there and won championships and played at an elite level, one of the greatest ever. But he wasn't box office. Kyrie Irving is box office. So a guy like that plays for himself, you know, pays for himself rather, so long as he shows up to play. And with Kyrie Irving, there's always been an issue since he's arrived in Boston. There's always been an issue about his availability. And so if you're the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic, Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison, Mark Cuban, that's going to be the issue here. It's not an issue about his game. When he's on the court, he's spectacular. The problem is how often is he going to be on the court? What kind of noise is he going to create off the court? These are the questions that people legitimately have. There is no way around that. But with him and Luka Doncic in the same backcourt, if they were committed to playing together every single day, the Dallas Mavericks are going to be special. I'm not saying championship. I'm not going to go that far because they still got other pieces to fill. But they're going to be spectacular, and they're going to be arguably the greatest show in the NBA. There was a time when we thought that's what was going to happen in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant. Now Durant's all that's left from that crew. If you were him, like, should he be wanting out now? What what should his mindset be? Well, basically he should want out because they don't have enough. Uh, That's one way to look at it. The other way is that you know something? You got three years to go. You you committed for four years. This is the first of a four-year guaranteed deal that with no out, that's the bottom line. And that's something for Rich Klein and the guy that negotiated the deal for Kevin Durant to explain. How the hell do you have a superstar of this magnitude in the NBA with a four-year deal and you give him absolutely positively no opt-out whatsoever? That makes no sense, and that's something that he should be made to explain. In the end, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, however – it doesn't get much better than Kevin Durant. I believe when Kevin Durant is healthy, he's the best on the planet. The dude gets injured 
over the last few years. We know that. But that's the only reason he doesn't play then. This is a guy that if the man was going to a nightclub, if he was going to dinner, wherever he's going, he's bringing a basketball with him. He wants to hoop all day, every day. He doesn't get involved in any drama off the court or anything like that. He is a preeminent superstar in this game. And if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm doing everything that I can to hold on to him, even though he's 34 years of age, because make no mistake, he's a superstar. And by the way, before he got hurt, he was averaging 30. The Brooklyn Nets were the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, and they had won 18 to 20 games. This is Kevin Durant. I'm not giving him up unless I absolutely have to. You say do everything they can to hold on to him. Like, what is that? I mean, can they continue well, to bring in guys? Well, that he- you, you got to find a way to bring in some additional help to offset the loss of Kyrie Irving. Certainly, Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith can ball. We know that. Uh, they can do some things. Uh, you might need to get another player like Ananobia somebody to get some additional size to legitimately compete with the Boston, the Phillies, and the Milwaukee's in the Eastern Conference. But in the end, the bottom line is, is that what you really, really need to do is just to make sure that you send Kevin Durant the message. We're committed to competing for a championship. If you're Sean Marks and you're Joe Sy, that's what you have to do. You have to figure out a way to make moves that says that to him because you lost his brother. Kyrie Irving is the reason Kevin Durant is in Brooklyn. If it wasn't for Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant would be a New York Knicks. He's in Brooklyn because of Kyrie Irving. It was a package deal. Kevin Durant was the one that made that very clear. Brooklyn Nets didn't want Kyrie Irving because they suspected that there was going to be drama. They knew he was a superstar talent, but they knew there was going to be drama that would rival General Hospital and Young and the Restless and all of that other stuff. They knew this. And so Kevin Durant said, it's a no-go. This is my brother right there. And that's the bottom line. And so now they got to find a way to send a message. Otherwise, you got to make sure that when you're on that phone, you get a significantly better deal for Kevin Durant that you ever thought about getting for Kyrie Irving. Because Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith can play a pick, first-round pick, couple additional second-round picks, all of that's fine. Kevin Durant is worth far more than that so if co- you're going to let him go. So a couple nights ago when the, when the news of the Kyrie trade demand came out, I think everybody's mind went to the Lakers, right? Yes. Yeah. And LeBron James tweeting last night, maybe it's me, right? It seemed like his mind might have gone there as well. What does it mean for the Lakers and LeBron that they didn't get Kyrie? That you're going home earlier than you would have if Kyrie had ended up in Los Angeles. Uh, we understand what LeBron James is saying. This dude is averaging 30 in his 20th season in the NBA. He's playing phenomenal basketball. And LeBron James absolutely knew that if him, along with a healthy Anthony Davis, had acquired Kyrie Irving as a teammate, the Los Angeles Lakers could very well be heading to the NBA Finals had that happened, okay? The fact of the matter is now that it has it. Uh, You look at the Los Angeles Lakers. Are they good enough to make it to the postseason? Sure. And they're just about good enough to go home thereafter. And so if you're LeBron James, you recognize all of that. And you're sad because not only did Kyrie Irving not come to you, he came to an opponent in the Western Conference that makes Dallas more formidable than they were. Obviously, Memphis and Denver and teams like that to consider. You're LeBron James, the way that you're playing, you were hoping that Rob Palenka would be able to pull it off. He was not. He was willing to give up those two first-round picks he had available to him in 27 and 29, according to reports, along with Russell Westbrook. But that was never going to happen because that would have meant that Russell Westbrook went to Brooklyn and was paired again with Kevin Durant. Well, Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City and left Russell Westbrook to go to Golden State. So why would he want Russell Westbrook back in Brooklyn? That made no sense. That wasn't going to happen. And at the end of the day, the Lakers didn't have the necessary assets to get it done so they could hope uh, about Kyrie Irving in the offseason once Russell Westbrook
Sportsbooks, 47 million comes off their books. But the bottom line is this. That doesn't help them this season. They are what they are now. So what's that mean for LeBron? Because what he's doing right now is obviously incredible, but he's also obviously closer to the end than the beginning. Does he win another title with the Lakers? No, I said that, I said that before. Um, I've said that months ago. Uh, LeBron James' days as a champion are over. Well, we can celebrate him for the four-time, for the four, four-time champion that he is, uh, the 10 trips to the NBA Finals. But the team is presently constructed. Uh, there's no way in hell they're winning a championship. And so because of that, you can look to what they can do in the future. Maybe they can do something in the offseason that remains to be seen. Rob Palenka still has some things to prove as it pertains to him being able to go out there and get the requisite assets in order for the Los Angeles Lakers to elevate their level of play. But all we're going to be able to do for the time being is be able to celebrate the individual achievements mm. of LeBron James, which have been nothing short of astronomical. He's going to be the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. He's a four-time champion, a four-time league MVP. He's an incredible ambassador for the game of basketball. We need to learn to echo these things to memory because we'll be talking a lot about that, not about him being a champion. There is no way in hell that the Los Angeles Lakers are winning the championship. And I'm sad about that because that means I would have been in L.A. in June had they won, <laughs> or had they competed for a championship. But that has just been thrown out the window. Doesn't sound like it's going to happen this year or, uh, or anytime soon. One thing's for sure, though, Stephen A. Smith, always box office. Thanks for joining us on Get Up this All morning. Right. Talk a little hoops. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more NFL. Aaron Rodgers. A champion again this weekend. Was he dropping hints about his NFL future while he was winning at golf this weekend? But before that, a little sneaky hembo time. Super Bowl edition. Chris Canty's coming for you. Who's the only quarterback to throw six touchdown passes in a single Super Bowl? We'll come back and see if Chris Canty knows that. It looks like he knows. Looks like he knows. We'll find out. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Back on Get Up and it's Sneaky Hembo time for Chris Canty. And today's question is, who is the only quarterback to throw six touchdowns in a Super Bowl? You this got is it? not so Sneaky Hembo because this one was a layup. This is the oh, San Francisco 49ers, 95 Super Bowl yeah. against the Chargers. They blew the doors off them. Steve Young, of course, six touchdown passes. That game 
was not competitive at all. I feel like and this question by Hembo, not competitive at all. I'm glad you said that because I didn't yeah. want to insult you. I feel like everybody knows this one. I feel like yeah. Hembo is kind of mailing in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I here. mean, if, I, if Hembo was here, I would dunk on him right now. Yeah. Dominique Foxworth style, but he's not. But yeah, because you got the question right and because the question was like, he's he's better than that. I, I, yeah, he, he should better be better than yeah, that. This is, this is beneath Hembo. We got to get with Hembo. Beneath him. Yeah. We'll reset. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers because he and, well, because of football, but also because he and Ben Silverman held on for a one-shot victory Sunday at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Rodgers was asked about his football future and the possibility he could link up in Las Vegas with former teammate Devontae Adams. A lot of people yelling different teams they want me to come to next year, um, which has been fun because uh, we got a little uh, inside bet going about which team's going to have the most fans, but uh, it's been fun. I'm just going to say that the uh, predominant uh, team that we hear as we're walking is Raiders. A lot of a lot of Raider fans <laughs> are encouraging me. A lot of Devontae misses you comments. So uh, Devontae Adams was at the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas this weekend, and uh, he caught up with NFL Network's Cameron Wolf, uh, who asked him about reuniting with Aaron Rodgers. Have you started recruiting Aaron Rodgers to be the new Raiders uh, quarterback? Duh. <laughs> why, why, would, why would anybody not do that? I mean, 100%. That's my guy, obviously, and wishful thinking, but we'll see what happens. What's your best recruiting pitch? Uh, that I'm here. Aaron Rodgers probably missed Devontae Adams being out there. Just a little bit. Is that enough of a pitch? Are are the Raiders a good fit for Aaron Rodgers? Well, here's the thing. I don't think it's a bad fit. I just look at it as an uphill climb in that division in order to have a path to a Super Bowl. Think about it. If A-Rod joins that division, he's the third best quarterback in the AFC West behind Pat Mahomes and behind Justin Herbert. Mm. If he joins that division, then his head coach is going to be the third best head coach at best behind Andy Reid and Sean Payton. So I just don't necessarily look at that as ideal for A-Rod if his goal is to compete at the highest levels of the sport. Chris, you just dunked on Hembo, but Hembo did help me out and remind me of this. They lost nine one-score games last year, and in seven of those nine games, Derek Carr threw a second-half interception. So this team is close. And when you think about not only Devontae Adams, but – Darren Waller, they actually pass-protected relatively well. They gave up about the 10th less amount of sacks. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect fit, not just for what Aaron Rodgers needs, but what the Raiders need as well. What do you think about the Raiders? Yeah, I think it'd be, yeah, obviously, the offensive system. You have Josh McDaniels. Like, okay, that might work with Aaron Rodgers. But the defensively, Ooh. you have to go to a place that has a better defense. Uh, it, it, that's tough when you go into a situation where – you don't know if you're, if you're going to get the ball back. Yeah, every time the defense is on the field, they're getting scored on. That puts more pressure on the offense to go out there and score every single time you touch the football. And then the AFC is loaded. Yeah. So think about that. I, I know the Packers don't want to trade them in the same right. division, the NFC. But you go to the AFC, you're going to have to deal with Kansas City, Cincinnati, uh, the Bills. In your division is going to be tough. So, yep. again, it just creates that much more competition, but, which you're Aaron Rodgers. You shouldn't care about competition. Yeah, and I would say, like, Green Bay, again, my experience dealing with them a decade ago, they didn't want to send Brett Favre to the NFC. I just can't imagine that they're going to see Aaron Rodgers in their conference. And and Aaron Rodgers is not a free agent, and they're going to have a big say on where he goes. It's important that we we, we underline that. He's not a free agent, right? He's under contract with the Packers. He has said he hasn't decided yet whether he wants to retire or continue playing. Once he makes that decision, 
then it ha the decision has to be made whether he wants to continue playing in Green Bay, and Green Bay would have to trade him. So there's a lot of things that still have to be worked yeah. out. Dan, I'm not a psychologist, but that body language during that interview, there's zero part of me that says he's, he's retiring. Exactly. He's well, the contract tells you he's not going to retire. He's got 60 million <laughs> yeah. reasons huh? why not to. How many? Including a $58 million Ooh. roster bonus Man. that has to be paid out sometime before week one. That's not but bad. Mike T, you were talking about it a little bit during the break about the mechanics of how this trade would have to go down because it needs to be a post-June 1 designation. And so teams that have a lot of draft capital this year might not necessarily be at the forefront of that list because the draft is going to happen before this trade should technically take place. And so I think there's just a whole field of teams that we haven't even considered talking about that are going to be in the mix for Aaron Rodgers. They have an incumbent candidate that they're okay with going into the season, but if they can upgrade to a quarterback like Rodgers, they would absolutely do that later in the offseason. Who do you have in mind? The Miami Dolphins. Oh. The Miami Dolphins seem like a great fit for Aaron Rodgers. They have some cap issues that can be fixed with restructuring some contracts with the top five guys on, in terms of cap hit, but when you look at the weapons that the Miami Dolphins have, Tyreek Hill to go along with Jalen Waddell in the run game with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, it feels like it's a situation that's tailor-made. They were a playoff team this year, despite their starting quarterback missing parts of mm -hmm. six games this season. I mean, guys, this Miami Dolphins offense is explosive. Think about if you insert Aaron Rodgers as the trigger man. Yeah, it's a good point. Whichever team gets him, you have to assume this is an unexpected opportunity. Again, going back to my Jet comparison, we had Chad Pennington, who was a good, not great quarterback. So, again, if you're the Jets, re-sign Mike White. Look, if you're the Raiders, it has to be more than Jared Stim. Maybe it's a draft choice. And then you're sitting there on June 1st, you go after Aaron Rodgers, but you can't put your eggs in his basket because if it doesn't work out, then you may not have anything. Yeah, what do you think? I like the Jets. I think that that situation, you got a great defense. you got a lot of equity in the draft. They can still go and get some people. Um, so you look at the Jets organization, and I like the head coach as well. With Salah as the head coach, a defensive-minded guy, you have Aaron Rodgers come in. Let him and the offensive coordinator deal with the offense. I'm going to manage this whole team here. Because you, get, you start to get in an issue where you got an offensive guru as the head coach, then you have the Hall of Fame quarterback coming in. There could be a little bit of butting heads here on, on what system we like to run and how we like to attack offenses. You even saw that in Green Bay this year with LaFleur saying, you know, we don't have to simplify anything. And, and then you got Aaron Rodgers in the locker room saying, yeah, we got to just simplify a few things. So when you have that, that dynamic there with the head coach as the guru and the offensive mind with the Hall of Fame quarterback, sometimes that causes some issues. I know that's a possibility that excites the regular host of this show very, oh, yeah, very yeah. much. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I myself am agnostic, but yeah. very interested, and obviously we'll continue to with more on the Aaron Rodgers story as the offseason unfolds. First take is coming up next when we are done here with much more reaction to the Kyrie Irving blockbuster trade. That's first take with Molly, Stephen A., Jay Williams, Tim Legler, Michael Irvin when we are done here at the top of the hour. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, here's our next ACC Big 12 Big Monday doubleheader. Tonight, Duke visits number 23, Miami, at 7 Eastern. Then number 8, Kansas hosts number 10, Texas. Both games right here on ESPN and the app. Still weird to me that Duke's the one without a number in front of him. That's unusual. Anyway, uh, circling back to our top story this morning, it is the big trade, of course, of Kyrie Irving from the Brooklyn Nets uh, to the Dallas Mavericks. It went down yesterday, a couple days after Kyrie demanded a trade because... The Nets did not want to give him uh, a new contract. Uh, so we are left with Kyrie to the Mavs and what's left with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Nick Friedel, you cover the Nets for us. What, what, what's your final overarching thought on this for this morning? Graz, in the end, this was inevitable. All the issues that the Nets and Kyrie had leading to this moment brought us to where we are right now. The trust had been broken on both sides. And once that trust breaks, especially for a team that was built to win a championship. There's no coming back from it. I know people are a little surprised by the timing, but this mm-hmm. was always the way it was going to end up. Timing because he was playing so well, right? I mean, like it seemed like things were finally okay there, right, Tim? He had his best stretch as a net, and they actually looked finally like a legitimate championship yeah. contender, And but the restlessness of Kyrie Irving, right? It's unsettling. So now you look at the aftermath for both franchises. For Brooklyn, clearly now they're, they're not on that level with the top three teams in mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference. And when you look at Dallas, I've got to see how this is going to fit. They're going to definitely be worse defensively. Mm. And can they play together offensively, Luka and Kyrie? And that remains to be seen. But I personally don't think that's now a team that can get to the finals. Yeah, as a Lakers fan, a small part of me died this weekend when we didn't get <laughs> Kyrie Irving. But I just look at this situation from the Nets' perspective when Fidel says trust was broken on both sides. How did the Nets violate the trust of Kyrie Irving? Because we didn't want to hand over a contract extension after what we've seen from him over the last four years. They've acquiesced to what Kyrie and KD have wanted for the last three years, from coaching changes to being able to make a big swing for James Harden, bringing in Ben Simmons, all of these different things to try to appease Kyrie and KD. And yet, in the end, it still wasn't enough especially with all of the distractions that Kyrie presented to them. They've tried to stand by him and give him an opportunity to prove it, and the only thing he proved is that he continues to be a distraction. So this was inevitable. So spinning it forward real quick in the 20 seconds or so we have left, KD, what's left for him? What's the next thing we hear from him? I'd be surprised if he got moved or anything happened prior to Thursday's deadline. McGraw's. Feel like it's going to be Groundhog Day this summer because <laughs> I'd also be surprised if Kevin is here in Brooklyn for the long haul. Lots to talk about with the Nets this summer. We'll be wondering whether the Mavericks are going to be locking in on Kyrie Irving. We, of course, have no idea what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving between now and then. We just know Anything's it's going to possible. be something. There's going to be a lot more on this trade on First Take, which follows us next. Thanks for watching. Get up. Here's First Take.